everyone. My name is Carly Ann, and I'm a health and wellness enthusiast who dropped out of grad school to travel the world and discover my real passion and desire for helping others. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm kind of just figuring it out as I go. I'm on an ever-evolving journey that is often messy, unsure, and a bit crazy at times, but I am choosing crazy over easy. Throughout each episode, I hope you find yourself inspired and motivated to love the journey you are on while also learning to appreciate when things feel like somewhat of a hot mess. Thanks again for tuning in. I am your host, Carly Ann, and this is the Crazy Over Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Crazy Over Easy Podcast. And if you cannot hear the excitement in my voice or hear the smile I have on my face, it is the 100th episode. And I am just, first of all, so appreciative and so thankful for all of you who continue to tune in. I want to say that it doesn't matter. I'm obviously not monetizing my podcast, but it matters. It's your guys' messages. It's the emails. It's something that pushes me to just keep recording, to just keep spitting out ideas and Again, allowing this to kind of be my open platform for therapy in a way, but it has been so wonderful to connect with so many of you in ways that I didn't even believe I could. I think in ways that I thought I was alone. I think in ways that I thought, um, I don't know, maybe wasn't okay for me to express myself in a certain way. I think oftentimes when I'm recording, I'm thinking through a, a thought process. I'm developing an emotion. And so when I hear that it has helped one of you or you post it on your social media because you think it'll resonate with somebody else or when you tell me it was exactly what you needed to hear today yet it's an episode I recorded a year ago, I am just so dang proud of myself for continuing to press record and so thankful you guys are continuing to chime in. I know, especially in this last year, it's pretty much just been me and I know when I first started the, the whole podcast, everything. I usually had a guest every four weeks. And so, you know, maybe you came here from that person's platform, but you guys are just coming to hear me chat and hear me talk. And that is just wild. I do have hopes and desires to bring back on guests. Um, just trying to figure out still childcare stuff. And as a lot of you know, it's just been a hard world to organize that stuff in. Maybe I'm allowing it to be more difficult than it needs to be. Maybe like I always say, I'm using the pandemic and everything as a reason. And now it's just an excuse. So Who knows? I need my own help. So anyways, I am just so dang thankful. If you did miss the other day, I am doing a giveaway on my Instagram for all of you. So I did hear a lot of feedback from you guys saying that Spotify does not allow you to leave a review, which I was not aware of. So I never want to discredit any of you guys. So if you're hearing this, simply send me an email to hello at carlyandell.com. Again, I am launching this episode. What's the date tomorrow? September 21st. Um, 2021. So I'm just running the uh, giveaway for the next five days. So if you hear this before, what's Friday, the 25th, send me an email to hello at carlyandell.com and type 100th episode or something to acknowledge the fact that you are here, you're a listener, you are somebody supporting me. And then if you do listen to this on an Apple platform um, or any platform that allows you to leave a review, simply leave a review, screenshot it and send it to me. Uh, One thing I, I actually wasn't aware of, The more reviews a podcast has, obviously, the higher it kind of like 
pushes it up so other people can find it. Right now, a lot of you are going from my Instagram platform, which is wonderful. You're leaving one platform to go to another to listen to me, but it would be so awesome to have somebody maybe find me on a day where they needed to hear a message or needed to connect with somebody and maybe they're feeling alone. So if we can bump the Crazy Ever Easy podcast up in any way, that would be just so remarkable. It also would futuristically help my book, uh, which hopefully will be coming out in February or March. We're currently working on cover designs, which is wild. I am personally like funding everything for my book, and so it will be a very limited amount that initially launches. Hopefully, it will get picked up later on down the road for distribution of some sort, but it will be you guys that hopefully will be purchasing and enjoying the book. So um, I just am so thankful for you guys. And I cannot believe it is the 100th episode. Uh, so if you did not see, I'm doing an Ask Me Anything episode. There are tons of Q&As. Well, I guess I wouldn't say tons. There's a handful of Q&As Casey and I have done over the course of the last almost two years. Um, but I did want to just do an Ask Me Anything in regards to literally anything in life. So I'm going to go through a lot of the questions. I'm going to try and keep it to just that standard 30 to 40 minutes. If it goes over, I will just simply make it two episodes. I totally understand your guys' time. I also have realized a lot of you guys are working from home now, so you're listening to it while you're cleaning or while you're on a walk, and it's not so much as we're driving to work. I personally have barely been listening to podcasts, and I think that's why sometimes my mental health isn't very good, because I'm doing too much scrolling as opposed to like listening and connecting, if that makes sense. So anyways, without further ado, I'm going to jump into the questions. Some of them I do have other episodes about. I'm not going to go into too many long-winded answers only because um, some of these topics I do want to do individual episodes on. So again, thank you so much for being here. Give this video or not a video. Listen to my brain, you guys. It is officially the end of the day on a Monday. So support. give this episode or this podcast, subscribe to it, click the five stars or whatever it may be. I just cannot thank you guys enough for being here and supporting me. So anyways, here we go. First and foremost, the very first question was, do you count macros? I've gotten this question so much and I think it's been since I opened up a little bit in a reel a few weeks ago about my fitness journey and where it has been. And I honestly have not chatted about my journey in a long time. So I totally get it that it's kind of like, okay, you're, you know, you have your health and fitness platform, but where are you at with it? So I currently do not track macros. I have not tracked macros since about three years ago. So right, was it three? No, about two and a half years ago. So right almost three years, I guess. So right before our wedding, I completely stopped tracking macros uh, for a number of reasons. I think tracking macros is an incredible tool. I tracked for four or five years. So now I really do have a great grasp on what my body needs, like my personal body. I can also tell when maybe I'm needing a little bit more carbs throughout a week, or maybe my body's craving some fats. I've been able to kind of figure out those things. So I do think it's a phenomenal tool. I also know what my body needs in regards from, you know, protein and to help build lean muscle and help burn fat. But I do want to do an entire episode on how I stopped tracking uh, because I think it's very long-winded. I think it's very individual. And I also think a lot of you can relate because it is kind of that fine line between a little bit of obsessive. Uh, Sometimes it can cause some anxiety. So if that is you, uh, just know you're not alone. It is totally normal. I think that a lot of us find a lot of security in tracking macros. I also genuinely don't think I'd be where I am today if I didn't track macros because it really did help me understand to see food as a different numbers value outside of calories, if that makes sense. For a very long time, I was on that 1200 calorie diet and it got me nowhere. So if you guys ever are interested in working one-on-one, I do 
all of that one-on-one through an app that I use through First Form. A lot of you guys are already in my Facebook group, but that is where I do everything. That's where I teach how to track macros, how to stop tracking macros, all of the above. So I'll actually see if Michael, my um, podcast editor, can throw that into the show notes down below. So if you guys are interested, feel free to click that link and join us because that's where I help out mostly with that. So long-winded answer. Um, Congrats on 100 episodes. Thank you so, so much. My question is, how many kiddos do you and Casey want? Uh, This kind of ties into a lot of people asking, when will you be trying for baby number two? And this is probably the platform where I will chat about all of that because it's a weird place on Instagram. So I think we want two. Part of that is... um, you know what? We go back and forth. We would love to foster later on down the road. Casey has a passion to like, that's just been something he's always talked about since before we got married. Uh, he's a part of a uh, big brother, little brother, and he just finds so much joy in that. So I could maybe see us fostering later on in life, but I think for now two is, uh, kind of what our life can handle. We have, my office is our spare bedroom. So like we don't have the other space for it, which I don't even know if that's like something to think about. But for us, that's what's on our mind. Um, And financially, it's also a big thing. We do love to travel. And um, yeah, I just think that too is kind of what feels right for right now. But let's say we got pregnant with twins. We would feel so blessed and God would obviously be leading us on that plan. So I'm gonna say two for now and then maybe fostering down the road. And yeah, I think that's kind of where we're at. And I've also decided that I am totally fine if I have two boys or if I have a girl or if I have twins or whatever it may be. So um, yeah, I've kind of, I don't know, the miscarriage taught me a lot in terms of what we can be blessed with. So um, that's where we're at with that. And in terms of trying for baby number two, um, I want to say we're going to start trying in the new year. Uh, But I have actually been having a lot of anxiety about trying again. I don't think I ever fully processed the miscarriage from a, I don't know if I can fully explain it. We got pregnant so fast with Caden, which was incredible, but I did not know I was pregnant with him until about six or seven weeks. And so I was still grieving a loss and I never really allowed myself to fully believe I was pregnant with Caden until we told our families at about 14 weeks. So I'm now slowly having a little bit of anxiety about a future pregnancy and then something I have never opened up about. I really, really struggled our first four or five months with Caden. Uh, it was extremely hard. Casey was working six days a week and he did until Caden was about eight months old and was coming home at about seven o'clock at night Uh, little man had so many belly issues and breastfeeding was a struggle. So a lot of things that I think many of us can relate on, but they're also sometimes the things that are not fully, fully shared about or fully transparent. And so full transparency, I don't think I went into postpartum depression, but I do have severe anxiety around uh, the newborn phase again. I know every baby is different, but it's something that I want to be open about and I want to be honest. I loved that little, you know, Caden being such a little one, but it was extremely, extremely difficult. And um, I'm nervous. And that's my honest answer. So I think we'll start trying in the new year. We want them to be close in age. I also know that, um, you know, God has other plans. We also, you know, obviously went through a miscarriage, so you can never fully plan for that baby. And so, I think we're going to wait to have, um, I don't know. I feel like I need to focus on work a little bit more, get that new business launched, and then I would love to see what God has in store for us. So that's where we're at. Um, kind of leading into the next question. How are you truly doing? I struggle with anxiety and no one ever checks in. 
Love that question. Also, let's use that as maybe a fuel or a reminder to reach out to a friend. I love that quote, uh, you know, don't forget about your strong friends. I think sometimes our strong friends are the ones that are maybe hurting the most. And maybe that's you, right? Maybe you are that strong friend. Um, reach out. Let me know if I can help in any way. Sometimes it's nice just to... Like I always say in these podcasts, you know, it's sometimes nice just to open up what, about what you're genuinely going through. And honestly, I'm doing pretty well. I wasn't this summer. I and you guys probably could tell from the episodes I was struggling. But I think just from lack of direction, uh, social media is a weird place. You know, I want to stick to who I am. But full disclosure, I make my money off of social media. I have the companies that I work with and I have collaborations and I'm also not willing to um, do something just for money. And so I really do rely on the companies that I work with and the collaborations that I feel comfortable doing because they are organic. And I would never want to sell you guys something that I'm either genuinely not using or you know what I mean? I want it to be literally things I open up about on here. I That's the only way that I want to connect and be real and feel good at the end of the day about what happens to go into my bank account. So if I wanted to monetize, I could, you know, I just looked the other day, I have almost 400,000 downloads on these episodes. I could have been monetizing this entire time and I've chosen not to just because I haven't really found the avenue that felt organic enough to me. So with that said, um, I was really struggling. I think I have my days still. I'm just trying to navigate this social media world. It is hard and every day it's changing and then you get the one person's opinion that throws you off. So I'm doing well. I'm really trying to focus on gratitude. That's something I recognized I was not doing. Um, I think it is totally fine for us to lean into our emotions. We're entitled to our emotions. I think if you're having a hard day, that doesn't mean you need to sit there and compare your life to somebody else who has it worse. You are entitled to how you're feeling and you are entitled to your current story. And that is okay if you are struggling and maybe you don't feel joy every single day. But I know for me, I really do need to lean a little bit more into gratitude and being grateful for things. So I would say I'm doing well. I am extremely terrified for my new journey in my business that I am hopefully, like I keep saying, hopefully announcing to you guys soon. Um, but it is just, it's a financial scary thing. Um, Casey and I are also in like this crossroads of, you know, are we having baby number two soon or are we going to start trying and having to actually make some home adjustments. But then that's also, I think a lot, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of my stress and I hate to admit it, but sometimes it comes down to financial stuff. And that's obviously things that we don't share about on social media. Um, but, you know, Casey and I were, I don't want to say young and dumb, but we got into a lot of debt when we were young. And, uh, you know, coming out of that can be a breath of fresh air, but it can be terrifying to, um, I don't know, lean into more of adulting, if that makes sense. We're still renting our home. We're trying to buy it. So all of those things, which if you guys are interested in that stuff, I'd be more than happy to talk about it. But um, I do have my struggles and I think I think my anxiety stems from um love language differences with Casey. It comes from mom comparison. It comes from industry comparison. I think a lot of it comes down to comparison as a thief of joy. And um, yeah, I don't think I can always pinpoint where my anxiety comes from because I think at night I'm going through everything, if that makes sense to you guys. So uh, I think I push off some things out of fear of it stemming from more anxiety, but I don't think any of us are alone in in those struggles. Um, next question, how did you handle body image while pregnant and getting your body back after? So uh, first things first, I do not have my body back. Um, I'm very proud of my body, do not get me wrong, 
But things that are also, you know, deceiving, I guess. I have a lot of loose skin on my stomach that bothers me in certain situations. It's just more of a, a personal problem. It's not anything I would ever like be like, whoa, is me about. It's just different. It, there's things like I'll twist to grab something and I'm like, whoa, like look, you can almost see like where, you know, your belly button was different, all of that stuff. So um, in terms of my body after like postpartum and all of right now, I really did give myself grace in terms of I told myself, okay, give yourself a year. And again, it can take longer than that. But I never wanted to look at my like three month postpartum or six months and be like, oh my gosh, I'm not where I wanted to be. I genuinely wanted to look at more of that nine month to a year window. Um, And a year for me, truthfully, was I will be you know, on October 11th, it will be when I was one year cleared from the doctor to have any physical activity. So I think that the postpartum journey has been um, great in the sense that I've had to learn how to navigate what that looks like. And as you guys know, lately or lately, I'm like right now I'm trying to get back into lifting. But up until now, it's been a lot of 20 minute workouts, 30 minute workouts, but giving it my all three days a week. And so I think a lot of my body has now been a reflection of the um, my willingness to adjust and to release some of the stress. Stress increases cortisol, which oftentimes can make us hold on to stored fat, things like that. And I think I sometimes hyper-focus and I hyper-analyze and I, once again, get that anxiety about, oh, I thought I'd be here, I thought I'd be here. And that just beats up on my body even more. So once I kind of released some of those expectations and leaned into something that was a little bit more attainable, I actually really started to see results. Um, Maybe not so much from weight loss, but... Uh, just my body responding. And in terms of pregnancy, I really struggled. So we had the miscarriage at 11 and a half weeks. And I obviously went into like full on just, I didn't even know what to do with myself. And then found out we were pregnant, which was obviously this insane, incredible blessing. But I was spotting throughout my entire first trimester with Caden. So I had the three months of the first pregnancy, and then I had three and a half months of absolutely no activity. I was on full pelvic rest. So that was about over six months of not doing what I was used to doing in terms of physical activity. I also had that like all day hangover feeling. So I felt like I just wanted to eat toast all day long. I think I gained 10 to 12 pounds my first trimester, which is typically uncommon. Um, First trimester is usually when you don't gain as much. So I gained pretty quickly and felt pretty uncomfortable in my skin. What I really had to learn to do was, I mean, I was walking from my closet, like wrapped in a towel to take a shower because I didn't want Casey to see me. And it wasn't until I started to literally embrace the changes. Like, I mean, I don't want to say like walking naked, like going from my closet to my shower, embracing it in an intimate way with Casey and kind of showing him that I was confident in my skin, which you guys, that was a total like mental trick, if that makes sense. Like I did not necessarily feel confident. I actually really didn't start to feel confident until like 24, 25 weeks when like it was very evident that I had a bump. Before that, I just felt like, 10 pounds heavier, if that makes sense. I just kind of felt like, oh, nobody knows I'm pregnant, but I'm pregnant. My boobs are massive. So it was really me leaning into allowing myself to see my body change. Um, And then once I fully embraced it, it was just like, I loved it. I loved being pregnant, but I really had to allow myself to like, I don't know, lean into all of that, if that makes sense. But if you were somebody who you're just like, gosh, I am struggling totally feel free to reach out and I would love to you know see where you're at I think that 
once you kind of get to that point where you're like, okay, my body is going to go through changes, um, I think it helps. But don't get me wrong. Some women do not like being pregnant and it can be uncomfortable and it can just be awkward and weird and strange. I fortunately really did love being pregnant. Uh, But in terms of like being comfortable with intimacy, I had to kind of fake it for a while until it became like something that I really did love embracing. So I think it's normal if you're not fully, fully loving it. Uh, And then give yourself grace in postpartum. Totally give yourself grace. Okay. Would you ever do a small business highlight and have small businesses send you products to you? Absolutely. I already, I have a PO box. I absolutely love when small businesses send stuff in terms of allowing me to just, um, you know, obviously support any small business possible. I am a small business. Also, this new company I'm starting is a small business. Hence, I mean, there's literally nobody at the moment. It's nobody knows about it. Um, So I am all about supporting small businesses. I just, you know, obviously would want to make sure that it's something that I either would genuinely love or use or a message that is something I would love to share. That is one thing that is so important to me um, is the reason behind a company. I love I just, I don't know. I feel like I connect better when I know the message or when I know like what that drive or purpose is to that individual. I know for me with our new company starting, it has so much meaning to it. For Casey and I, I can't even begin to explain it. And I hope that that is why somebody chooses to purchase from us in the future. Um, I just hope that that's where where it leads us to. So absolutely, um, I... I was trying to think. I don't know if I know my P.O. box off the top of my head. I think it's P.O. Box 40. If you're subscribed to my newsletters, it's on the bottom of that. But you can also feel free to email me and I'd be more than happy to send that your way because I would love to support small businesses in any way that I can. Um, Okay, let's see. Um... Do you share your makeup skincare or can you share your makeup and skincare routine? So I got a few questions about skincare, a few questions about Botox and fillers. Um, so I do have Botox. I got my first Botox when I was 30 and then I didn't get it again for two years. So I got it this past, what was it? I shared with it on my story. I got it like this past beginning of spring. So I've gotten it three times, I think, total. Um, I love it. I have nothing against Botox. I've never had a filler. Again, nothing against it. Casey would not like it if I ever got lip filler. That is his personal opinion is not a thing that he likes. However, if I was like, hey, I want to do this for myself, I'm sure he'd be fine with it. I don't have any interest in it. Um, I would love to do under eye filler or something. I just feel like I have such dark circles. But at the same time, for now, I am totally fine with getting Botox like twice a year. I love it. And then in skincare, um, I will definitely start uh, opening up about that or like sharing. I guess I'm, you guys know, I'm totally open book. I get all of my stuff from Raquel Frisella. She did everything for my pregnancy, uh, postpartum. Obviously postpartum, it's way easier to use medical or not even postpartum when you're not pregnant and not breastfeeding anytime. Um, It's way easier to see benefits when you are using medical skincare, like medical grade. It is very expensive. I will not lie, but I only have to purchase it twice a year. So it's kind of like, I don't know about you guys. I'm the worst. I'll like try a product and it's like, oh, I don't, I don't notice the $20 as much. And then all of a sudden I'm like, holy moly, I have literally tried six different products and all of a sudden I'm at, you know, $200 in trying stuff and I'm not happy with it. I've done that with like mascaras and, you know, you buy like the 
$12 tube from Target and you might love it, but then you hate how it washes off. And finally you buy, you know, the $30 mascara that you love, but you didn't want to buy that initially. Um, so yeah, I will definitely work on sharing that because that would be so fun. Um, also helpful. I currently use, yeah, so everything Raquel Frisella. I would say lately, which I've gotten a lot of questions, the one thing I've been doing differently is I've been mixing the Tarte concealer, you know, like that. I think it's shape tape. I'm the worst, you guys. I've been mixing that with my foundation, my liquid foundation, which I use Rodan and Fields. And I think it's giving me just a little bit more coverage um, because the concealer obviously is like very covering, but I don't like how it looks just straight up under my eyes, partly because I have um, a lot of wrinkles that they like to like settle in, like that under eye wrinkle. And so anyways, um, I think that's been helping, just kind of mixing those two. But yeah, I'll chat about that stuff more and totally maybe do like a skincare Q&A on my story. Um, what is a piece of advice you've hated? Oh, okay. That is such a great question. I can't believe that it literally has popped into my head. So clearly I hated it. When I was about 16, and I think this really has impacted me throughout my life, somebody told me to never buy the next jean size up because that is when you're allowing yourself to gain weight. Mind you, I was like 16 years old and I heard this from an adult. And I can maybe see if you're an adult and you're in your 40s or 50s and I don't know, maybe you're in like a very comfortable I don't even know if I agree then. Anyways, this was like the worst piece of advice for me because ever since then, I have been thoroughly impacted by my jean size. And I think that all of us can agree that every single damn pair of pants we buy fits differently. It can all be the same size. It can all be the same brand and the same size. Nothing fits the same. And so for me, that was something that it was like somebody telling me almost it was literally their piece of advice in terms of staying healthy as an adult. And that was her thing was that she will never purchase the next jean size up. I also don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I've actually purchased the next jean size up, I almost visually look smaller or like more like it fits me because it's not squeezing me like a sausage. So even like my mom jeans, everybody comments on them and asks me where they're from. I fully sized up a whole size. I actually think I had to go with a seven, I think. Anyways, I initially bought the three and I couldn't even button it. Like it was like five inches apart. I was like, this is my normal size. So I think a big thing for me is like allowing yourself to buy something that actually fits and feeling confident in what you're wearing as opposed to staring at the label of what size it is um, because that is something that somebody shared with me as advice and it ended up being the worst thing for me ever because I think it was something I struggled with all through college and then when I moved home from Club Med I didn't even want to buy clothes until I could purchase that previous size that I quote unquote thought I needed to fit into so that's off the top of my head so I'll have to think if I have more um Lots of questions about first form products that I took during pregnancy. Um, I do have actually a full blog on that. So uh, you are happy to check that out on carlyandell.com. I think it's like my current supplement routine. Um, for me, it was the prenatals and the full mega. So that comes in a joy bundle. Um, and then because the full mega, you guys, I'm not sure if you're aware, but the omega threes are super, super important for brain development in the baby. So that was something that I loved first form already had in what was called the joy bundle bundle and then I use the reds and greens and collagen and protein I think that was like my main thing I also oh, I did take liposomal vitamin c and vitamin d because I was super low on iron and um, vitamin c can help with the uptake of iron so I'm sure there's some other things that I took but those were kind of off the top of my head and 
for every single person, it's going to be individual. And for every single person, you're going to want to run it by your doctor. So uh, feel free to always reach out. But I do always recommend um, running it by your doctor. Were you in a sorority? I was in a sorority. I was a Kappa Delta at University of Washington. Um, I've actually heard that they're like a super great house down in the South. Um, they were an amazing house at UW. I had no idea who they were. I really didn't know anything about the Greek system. I just knew I wanted to be in the Greek system. And University of Washington had an incredible um, Greek system. Absolutely loved it. Um, I was kind of, I don't know if, I, if I've told you, I didn't drink in college. I started my first drink. I had like two or three months before I turned 21. Um, at one of my best friends from my sorority at her 21st birthday. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Long story why I didn't drink, but I loved my sorority and my girls are still some of my best friends. I was at a bachelorette two weeks ago for one of my sorority sisters. So, um, I loved it and I think it just helped kind of create a little bit of a smaller community within the university. And I'm just so thankful for my time. Um, what strength program did you end up deciding to start? I'm using my own guide. It is called Build and Burn, and I'm doing the home guide. I just love it because there's a great combination of actually strength training as well as hit finishers if you want to get your heart rate up. But it is in like it's in a built in a way where like you don't have to do the hit if you don't want to. It's just there to supplement if you are somebody who enjoys to get your heart rate up at the end of a workout, um, but also really focusing on being able to lift. So. I am absolutely loving it. Um, lots more questions about macros. How do you handle stress? I don't handle it very well. I'm not going to lie. Thankfully, I'm an over communicator, so I do talk about it, but I don't really do much to refeed my soul or find joy in every day, if that makes sense. Um, I think that it's really important to recognize when you are feeling feeling stressed or feeling overwhelmed, but to also take the time to kind of pinpoint why are you feeling stressed and overwhelmed. I know for me, a big thing is I focus on the entire week of tasks I need to do or forget about the week. I look at like the rest of the year of things that I need to get done and they if like they're on my mind for that day, I need to remind myself like, hey, Carly, this isn't something that you were supposed to work on today, nor is it something that's supposed to be taking up your energy. But like the other day, I had a list, a laundry list of things I needed to do for work. But I had this lingering thing in the back of my mind that I really needed to get thank you cards done. And so I was like, you know what? This is lingering and this is something that is unknowingly causing stress because it's like, oh, this is impacting other people, right? It's impacting other people who have done wonderful things for us or got Caden the gift or whatever it is. So I knew I needed to get that done to kind of take that thing off the back of my mind. Um, but full disclosure, I'm not doing a very good job at handling my stress, which I think is why I end up leading to anxiety, which I was talking about earlier. And um, I do think it would be great for me maybe to get back into therapy just to kind of help me work through things. Um, I also think it just helps. I really think as weird as it sounds, getting back into a workout routine has been great because what it allows me to do is kind of, I feel like I'm more productive throughout the day if I know that somewhere in there my movement is scheduled and it makes me want to remember to drink my water. It makes me want to eat better and all these things that oftentimes lead to my stress and my anxiety um, when I'm not sleeping well, when I feel run down because I'm eating poorly or all these things. They're just the underlying things that add to my stress on top of work and everything. But I think sometimes it truly is putting life into perspective and really taking the time to be like, okay, am I stressed or am I stressing myself out? If that makes sense. And that might be something some of you can ask yourself. Like, are you genuinely stressed or are you 
choosing to stress yourself out. Love my dad to death. He does not listen to my podcast, but I swear that man, he has so much stress in his life. I fully see it. I, I, Casey works for him, but I swear he sometimes chooses to stress himself out because he looks at all these things and a lot of the factors don't even really relate to him, if that makes sense. So um, I think with this summer, as you guys probably heard, I was not in my best mindset. That is why I was very adamant about starting a new workout program because I need to have something kind of going on in my personal life that I'm working towards in order for me to feel a little bit more stable. Um, Yes, I'm working on a new business that we're so excited about, but that also brings a lot of fear and uncertainty and um you know I can only do so much on my end but in the end it's going to be our people going to support it whereas my fitness program it really comes down to me I have to put in the work it has nothing to do with anybody else so that helps me sometimes when I know that at the end of the day I put the effort into the one thing that I'm currently working on um but yeah I would love to actually maybe do an episode on that but with somebody else to kind of see how they maybe handle some stress Um, Okay, two more questions. Okay, so the most challenging thing you found when becoming a new mom, um, everything. I did not do well my first four months. I doubted myself. I remember perfectly, it was like day 14. It was a Tuesday. I was in the living room and went into my bedroom and was holding Caden as he was just screaming and I was bawling and I called my mom and I just said the words, I can't do this. And to have that much self-doubt, Um, in myself in something that I feel like as a woman we believe that we are made to do Um, you guys know how much we had prayed for Caden and so to have those strong feelings of thinking I was not meant for it or I couldn't handle it or I wasn't going to be able to do it that was terrifying so for me that was also something that I wanted to open up more about but it it's so true and people say it gets better but that's so hard to understand when you're in the thick of it so for me the hardest thing was to hear it gets better it was helpful don't get me wrong it was a crutch that I knew I could hold on to because I knew that all these moms who were trying to help really did mean it it does get better and I'm trying to tell myself that with you know hopefully baby number two blessing us sometime in the future but I just didn't realize all the challenges I was going to go through. I didn't realize how much I was going to have to learn about myself. I didn't realize how many opinions other people had in terms of uh, mom shaming or mom guilt. That was extremely hard, which I think is also why I turned so heavily to my podcast because I feel like this is just more of a genuine community and also takes a lot more steps to get to me if you do want to send any negative (laughs) feedback. So I would say that was super challenging. Um, I think that it's such a beautiful thing, but it's hard. And uh, it was really hard, which kind of leads into the next question. Uh, Keeping your marriage alive while having a little one and growing a family. I don't think I realized like how many different little resets Casey and I were going to have to do in the last year to keep us afloat. Um, I don't want that to sound scary or bad, but we said before we had Caden that we wanted to make sure our marriage came first. And you guys, this really pertains to anybody, whether you have a family, uh, maybe it's your job that's taking over. Maybe it's your new goals that are taking over. And you guys know, I always say there's a time and a place when you lean into those goals, you lean into that new job, your partner, your significant other, your best friend, your family, they need to be understanding. But like I said last week, who's getting put on the back burner, right? And in this last year, you guys, not only have we had a baby, I finished our my book. I have started a new company that has been in the process for the last 10 months. I have chosen to put my hands on my feet in 10 million buckets because I know I'm capable of it and I have a passion for these things. But 
in that process, Casey did get put on the back burner and our marriage has gotten put on the back burner. Um, it's one thing to have that intimate night, whatever you want to call it. It's one thing to go out to dinner, but how much are you actually interacting with each other? How much are you actually stimulating each other's, you know, conversation, your brain, your excitement for life, those things that I think that we did better at before we had a little one, but now we do get to look at each other and just be like, oh my gosh, like look what we created. So I think for us, you know, keeping our marriage alive has definitely been a struggle, but it's I don't want to say forcing you guys, but it is. It's like forcing a date night. For us, a huge thing. Caden was three months old when we left for our first date night, over, overnight date night. And yes, we were only 30 minutes away from home, but that was probably the best thing we could have ever done for ourselves because it forced us into having a conversation that was not about Caden and we made sure of it. We're like, hey, we love him, but we're turning off notifications for tonight in terms of like his monitor because our monitor can let us know if something's going on from wherever we're at in the world. So be open uh, if you're feeling like you are distanced from your significant other. Again, from a goal that you're working on, maybe a goal they're working on, maybe it is because you're a new parent, let them know that. There's been times when I was going through the first 14 days, I had really bad baby blues. And again, I didn't go into depression or anxiety, but baby blues were insane. Those first hormones you have postpartum were just wild. And I straight up looked at Casey in the kitchen and I said, I don't think you love me anymore. I mean, and I I was bawling, you guys. It was just a disaster. So I think that we go through these things. I think we just forget how to communicate them to our significant other. Um, again, just sharing what we're actually going through. So I think it's really important to be open. Um, but again, like I mentioned last week, I needed to also get to the point where I wasn't constantly putting my burdens onto Casey. I needed to see how he was doing and allow him to stimulate a conversation. So me being the listener, me asking questions, kind of getting him to talk about himself. We all love to talk about ourselves. So you know, showing interest in your significant other is also really important as opposed to me just all of a sudden, you know, he walks in the door and I'm like, oh my gosh, you will not believe how difficult today was, whether it's talking about Caden or work or whatever it is. But bottom line, marriage is hard. Relationships are hard. If you're dating, I'm sure you're realizing that whether it's the beginning of a relationship, whether it's the, I don't want to call it the end, but the middle that you're, you're in it, right? You're, you've been in it for a long time. It is very hard. And, um, I think anybody who says it's not, um, I want to hear what their secret is, but I know it's like people say, you know, it's worth it. Like you, you work on it. But I do think that as a new parent, I did not realize how hard it was going to be to maintain my role as a wife and my role as a business owner and my role as just being Carly. Uh, it was really easy for me to put on my mom hat and forget all my other hats at home or forget them all in the closet. And I think it's, I've said this in another episode, allow yourself to wear multiple hats. That doesn't mean overwhelm you, but if you are now a mom, don't forget about your other hats. If you're a business owner or you're starting a new business, don't get don't forget about your best friend hat. Don't forget about your girlfriend hat. Don't forget about your boyfriend hat, your wife hat. It's okay to have all these hats. You don't have to juggle them all at once, but you don't have to necessarily take one off to put one on. When Casey walks in the door, I don't need to take off my mom hat to become a wife or become a best friend. I can present myself in both manners, but you also have to remember at the end of the day, you know, have you put on your own hat? And you guys, this comes down to your stress, your anxiety. Take some time, figure out what is it stemming from. And if you are struggling in a marriage or relationship, 
what do you want, right? Like I know for me, a big thing when I was, Casey and I were going through months of struggles before we got married and I kept saying, you know, I need more, I need more. And he was like, I don't know what that means. And I didn't even know what it meant. I just knew that there was something missing. There was an element to us that was missing. And I think it's really important for us to relay those needs, but we also have to be pretty like, we have to be understanding that our significant other can't read our mind or your coworker or your boss, right? We need to be able to verbalize these things and fully understand what it is that we need before expecting too much. So for me, I was able to verbalize like, hey, I don't know what it is, but I need more. But I also couldn't react. Like I was being inconsiderate of the fact that he might've been aware I needed more, but he had no idea what that meant. We, he can't be in my brain. He can't figure things out. I don't even know what I'm talking about, yet I know I need more. But a lot of that was also stemming from my own struggles. And I think it took me some time to recognize that some of the things I was needing from him, I was actually needing to work on individually before you know, really being able to ver- verbalize why I was feeling the way I was feeling or why I needed more of something. Because I don't know about you guys, but a lot of things just come down to my stresses and my anxieties and my insecurities. Um, And again, I think like anything else, those evolve and change with each season of life. So um, anyways, those are all the questions that we have. I actually think I was able to keep this in 40 minutes. I think it was like 45. So hopefully it wasn't too long. Hopefully you guys got in some of the answers you were looking for. Maybe they uh, triggered some new questions you might have always feel free to send them in you guys send them to my email I'd be more than happy to open up further about topics you guys want to hear uh, like I mentioned last week with Sarah you know she had reached out sent me an email and had topics she wanted to talk about and it's so wonderful to hear that because that's we're all in a journey together and it sometimes can open up something that many of us can resonate with um, and again just take all the messages that I say with a grain of salt you can uh, apply them to wherever you're at I know I talk a lot about kiddos and families but maybe your kiddo is your new business or maybe it is your fitness journey uh, maybe it is a relationship that you're fostering in terms of trying to you know develop it into something so maybe it's a relationship with yourself which I think a lot of us overlook so anyways that is everything again thank you so much 100th episode I cannot even believe it um in a couple weeks it'll be exactly a year since I launched or two years I'm so sorry two years since I launched this podcast and hopefully within the next four months we will have a new company and a new book or a book not a new book um so again thank you guys so much I would not be here without you uh whether you swipe up on a link or click a link or hit download you are helping me in more ways than you know so thank you so much from the bottom of my heart And without further ado, make it a great day and I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Your continued support means more than you know. If you enjoyed today's podcast, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast, as well as screenshot this episode and share it on your social media. I would like to thank each and every one of you, as well as my editor and producer, Michael, for making this podcast possible. I appreciate each of you so much. And if you'd like to know more about me or follow me on other social medias, you can find me on all platforms at Carly Andell. Thank you again, and I'll catch you in the next episode.